Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Um, today's guest is an Instagram connection for me. I always like to tell my listeners where I'm finding my people. <laughs> um, and we just were doing a tiny bit of chit chat, try and save most of it for the actual recording. Cause I know listeners love to listen to, you know, instead of hearing us say, we were just talking about, <laughs> but, um, we were just talking about how, I've been doing this work for seven years and we'll talk about how long you've been in the sphere of abortion work and social justice work, but um, I'm always hearing and finding new people. And that's kind of how I felt when I found you. I don't even actually remember um, how you popped into my Instagram feed, but I do remember being like, let's talk. This is Mm. a good person to talk to. So that was how we connected we don't know each other. This is our time to get to know each other and to show the listeners what it's like to chat out, like how we think and do this work in the world as humans who care and are getting it right and wrong and all the things all the time. <laughs> so welcome, Mara Clark. I also like my guests to introduce themselves. So why don't you say whatever feels right for you today for this audience, and then we'll dig in. Okay. Uh, my name is Mara Clark. I am um, an American who has been living in the United Kingdom for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my abortion activism in the U.S. with uh, an abortion fund based in New York um, and moved to the U.K. in 2005. And actually, I started the first abortion fund in Europe. Um, and since then, there have been some other abortion funds. And I, I recently left the organization that I started um, after 14 years to make myself unemployed uh, two weeks shy of my 50th birthday, which is kind of on brand for me, um, actually. Uh, <laughs> and I launched a new abortion charity. Okay. Uh, but I, I gave myself to them for a year. Um, and so uh, I think I'll be getting paid in a couple in a couple of months. And then. Um, <laughs> You know, when we're joking, we say I'm the American who lives in England and helps women and pregnant people across Europe mm. uh, get abortions. Um, I am also a what we call in England a liberal Jew and what we would call in America a reform Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I should say a pro-Palestinian Jew. Mm-hmm. And also I am the parent to a teen who has faced a number of challenges um, in the last few years. And uh yeah that's kind of that's kind of it and i i find that um as i age uh i'm i'm 51 now mm-hmm. uh i get more and more left <laughs> and also mm, more and more pragmatic mm. so it's it's it, it's it's a very interesting dichotomy that i have within myself because i hang out with a lot of actual anarchists um, and I'm learning a lot from them, but at the same time, I'm like, yes, but I need a deadline and a decision and an action plan. And so it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a very interesting world, uh, to, to, to be in. Um, yeah. and also what's kind of amazing is, you know, a, a million years ago when I, when I still lived in the States, I actually worked in corporate PR and I worked in corporate PR when the New York times went online. They were, yeah. they were my client when they went online. Wow. And so I remember the difference in communication and media yeah. and in how we received information and how we processed information. And it was so different that to like, well, if it's longer than a 30 second TikTok, nobody's going to pay attention, you know, so it's, I don't know. So I sort of, I find myself ever questioning everything mm. Um and also trying always, 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 no matter how dark things get, to find the light 
Mm-hmm. Even if it's literally the light, even if it's yeah, literally, and, oh, look, there's the sun <laughs> and it's reflecting in a very nice way exactly. off of that wall. You know, not that I'm like, rah, rah, you know, turn that frown upside down because sometimes you really need that frown, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's okay to melt in a puddle of tears. Yes. Um, um, yes. But also, you gotta, you gotta find the light, yeah. even if the light yeah, is. And- Sometimes the light is the sun and sometimes the light is not the sun because you're in a cloudy stretch. And I sometimes find myself delighting in the fact that I can turn a light on where I live. Yeah. So yep. Sometimes that's the only gratitude I can find. And that we're not alone. <laughs> and doing it's great. This. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think you, you mentioned, so I'm, I'll be 45 next month. Um, I've not been in this work as long as you have. I had my own abortion seven years ago. And um, even though I was, you know, went to midwifery school and was a doula and very women's studies major, very pro-choice by like politics, mm-hmm. I didn't understand abortion work till I had my own. I was 38. So um, it'll be seven years this March. And like that, that's been my journey with this work. Um, you mentioned aging for me, the thing you nailed as I age is um, ever questioning everything. Hmm. <laughs> That's like, which is good because it can go either yeah. way, right? Because there's a lot of people who get entrenched. Mm. Um, and especially in feminist spaces, I find sometimes that some of the older activists, you know, so that the young ones come and they're like, how come nobody did anything about this? And the older ones are like, we did. Us. like you know and then there can be this like so sometimes the old ones want I don't know a bit of homage you know or um and the young ones are like yeah well you clearly didn't do it right um and but also there's like that just because it worked in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or last week doesn't mean that it's it's the right it's the right way to do it and actually technically I didn't I didn't get into abortion work until I was 29 so I didn't take any women's studies classes. And yeah. um, uh, for me, it was reading an article in the Village Voice in July of uh, 2002 about how uh, people were forced to travel from all over the eastern seaboard to New York to get mm. second trimester abortions. Wow. And I read that and I was like, what? <laughs> but abortion's legal. And then, of course, you know, we learned that abortion was legal, but uh, 87% of U.S. counties didn't have an abortion provider. And that was in 2002. And so for everybody globally, including the ones in America who were like, oh, Roe was overturned. Oh, it was so perfect before then. And we're all like, no, it was not perfect at all. Um, You know, again, in 2002, 87% of U.S. counties didn't have an abortion provider. That number was 89% when Trump took office. So this is not a modern, um, they've been been planning for this for a long time, but anybody who's surprised, um, as you say, like you're pro-choice, but you don't actually know. Um, Yeah, no. And that's actually the area that I specialize in now. Speaking of finding the light, I specialize in the dark. So yeah. Most abortion laws help most people, right? So when there is provision of abortion, it will help most people. And I specialize in the people who aren't helped, you know, who fall through the cracks or who can't get access or um, are undocumented or have to cross a border or need to escape an abusive partner or you know, have six kids with additional needs who they can't just like stick in a daycare, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's even even when there was Roe v. Wade, there were still hundreds and thousands of, of people in the states crossing state borders to get abortions. And the same is true. Uh, the same is true in Europe. Mm. Mm. Thank you for doing that work. Well, it's a big... It's a, it's a big tent of people doing this work. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 One thing that stuck out for me that I thought was interesting is, um, where do you think you were in your life, in your um, 
development in whatever mind, body, spirit place that was, that reading an article would be the thing that activated this passion in you. A, I find it super cool that, because a lot of times people's experience come from like a personal, like mine, mm -hmm. right? Like I didn't get it until it was me. <laughs> like I'll, I'm that person. Um, but what's curious to me is where you were at, if you reflect back on it, that reading the article, because you might have read that same article a year prior or a year after and not had that moment that was like something just lit up in me. Do you, does the question make sense? I just, yeah, I'm no, I'm, 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 no, I'm smiling because uh, the, 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 the woman who started the organization that I volunteered for in New York, which is called Haven Coalition, and she is now an OBGYN in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, she calls it the, you know, when did your penny drop? Mm, never heard that. Yeah. So like, when did your, <laughs> when did your penny drop? Like putting a, a quarter in the, in the, in the, you know, and then you hear that, you know, what, when, when did the, you know, and I think it could have been a number of things. I, um, I, when I read the article, I had just come back from living in Sweden for six months. And the reason I lived in Sweden for six months is because uh, 2001 was a bad year. Um, 9-11 was the icing on the cake of my mm. bad year. Mm. Um, I had a, a friend of mine had gotten murdered. Mm. Um, a colleague of mine had had a heart attack. Uh, they were doing layoffs. I worked in technology PR in a firm in New York. And like every Friday, people were like frog marched out the door mm. with their cardboard boxes, mm -hmm. not based on how long they'd been working at the company or how good they were at their job, but how their numbers yeah. looked on a particular Tuesday. And I was going to just um, wait to get laid off, take the severance, which is at the time, this was this was a long time ago, right? So unemployment was like what? 12 weeks um sorry something on my computer is dinging so I am going to <laughs> I can't hear it, it. Oh, okay fine <laughs> um uh so they I was like wait this is not this is not like what am I doing all I've been doing is like working crazy hours I I mean, if I if I go even further back, you know, my mom died when I was young. My father threw me out. I never really, never really had a lot of choices. I just sort of did things because they were the right thing to do. So mm -hmm. here I was. I was like, okay. Um, so I was just gonna go leave and travel abroad for a few months, which I'd never done. But I had a few friends who lived abroad, so I thought I'll couch surf. And then I wound up getting a job <laughs> in Stockholm, um, helping a a, a a PR agency launch uh in the u.s no helping a tech company launch in the u.s and um i was doing their pr and i was introduced to a boy and uh a swedish boy because that's the law you have to you know you have to try the locals when you live abroad <laughs> and we had a broken condom and i walked into the chemist and they handed me the morning after pill and in america at that time you needed a prescription yeah so I literally just walked into a chemist and the only thing they needed for me was for them to let me know that the English instructions were inside of the box. And then when I came back, uh, the village voice used to be free. You used to get it in like the, you know, the metal things and you would open. Them. Yeah. 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 I'm sure they have those for the, whatever the Boston papers are. Or the, mm -hmm. the, um, yeah. So it, it would be free. So you would get, and there was a, a cartoon showing these heavily pregnant women parachuting over the New York skyline and it was called mm. emergency landing. Uh. And it was talking about how people would find out they were pregnant. Of course, the article just talked about women and now we talk about women and pregnant people because, you know, we evolved. Yeah. And, um, and it was talking about how, okay, you're in Pennsylvania you find out that you're pregnant and you yeah. go to the doctor and you're like, I have three kids. I don't want another baby. And the doctor's like, okay, that'll be $500, please. So you go away and you work some extra shifts if you happen to be working and borrow some money. And then you go back a month later and he's like, oh, now it's $650. Yeah. So you go away and you maybe sell your car or your engagement ring or whatever mm -hmm. you happen to have. And then you go back and he's like, oh, sorry, 
you're 16 weeks one day and Pennsylvania only goes to 16 weeks. So you can either have a baby or go to New York where it's $2,000. And again, this is in 2001, right? Yeah. 2002, yeah. no Airbnb. Almost nobody had mobile phones, mm -hmm. uh, no internet. Um, and this article was about a group of women who were letting these women stay in their homes. Wow. Yeah? And I was like, oh, I can do that. I was living yeah, in a studio. Totally. <laughs> and so I would give the I would give the people my bed and I would sleep on the love seat and then take them to the clinic in the morning. And Ugh. um and you know, they'd always be protesters. I once got followed home from East 33rd to West 151st Street by a Franciscan friar, like shaved head, gray robe, the beads, the Bible, everything. It was great. Um, but it was, yeah, that's, I mean, and that's the thing. And then you just learn how very human this, this work is. And mm. you learn that mm. when, and because this was all later abortions, right? These were yeah. all people who yeah. were like up against yeah. the 24 week deadline. And yeah. it's a pretty uncomfortable thing because they put um, these seaweed sticks called uh, laminaria um, up against your cervix and let them absorb moisture from your body and dilate your cervix over one or two nights, depending on how long it takes. And then they uh, they extract the fetus. So you're sitting there like, it, and you know, and, and before this organization started, these people were sleeping in their cars they were sleeping before authority <sighs> because there were no cheap hotels you oh. know and there were no you know so that was that was it it was like i'm gonna let you sleep in my house and then i'm gonna take you to the clinic i'm gonna feed you dinner and then i'm gonna take you to the clinic in the morning i'm not gonna feed you breakfast because it's not by mouth <laughs> um i'm gonna know where my closest non-catholic hospital is in case anything goes wrong because yeah. catholics won't help you if you're in the middle of yep. an abortion which really cracked me up because you had all that, like they were okay helping people with AIDS. <laughs> you know, I really love this thing about religion. It's like, unless you're following the whole book to the letter, I don't understand why you think you have the choice to, why you think that it's okay for you to interpret the Bible that you, the way that you're interpreting it. And then because I'm interpreting it in a different way, you're going to, yeah. I mean, even I don't I would argue that following it to the letter is impossible because it's all it's all relative and conflicting and messy. And but I feel I like there was a guy who lived a year <laughs> like the way the way you're supposed to live in Leviticus, like, you know, clothes from only one. Fabric right. But wouldn't that be the way he interpreted it, which is not <laughs> the way someone. Yes. Right. So it's yeah. like anyway, that, that well, was a little side shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, okay. I asked you the question and what I heard that I'm really curious about, because sometimes I jump to these places, but what I heard that made me think like, oh, that's why I asked the question is that you were in a state of vulnerability, right? Like it, it was this crazy year. You're, you were in a state of Okay, let me tell you why this is interesting to me. Yeah. I think that in this abortion work I do, which is helping people after abortion, I see that the after abortion time is a very vulnerable state. And it being a very vulnerable state for not for everyone, again, mm. this is just, this is for the clients who come to me. Um there's this rawness that's also a richness. It's like we're almost open to things we wouldn't have seen before. We're ready to take in and receive and um, help in ways that we weren't before. We're ready to um, listen. And I, well, coming back to this other words you wrote that, um, that you gave me, which was how very human, <laughs> right? Learn how very human this work is, how very human we are. Um, whether it's an abortion that gets you to this place or a year of struggle or a loss or um, whatever it is, I think there's these vulnerable times in our life that make us really open and recep receptive to our next thing, right? To the thing that's going to light us up and give us some passion. 
Yeah. yeah. I see your brow wrinkling a little because yeah, I'm question like what, where's that land for you? Yeah, I'm thinking about that because actually I just done something pretty brave, which is quit my job <laughs> and move <laughs> to Sweden. Um, and I remember like my my uncle and my my aunt being like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that," and da 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 da. But my grandmother and her contemporaries were like, "Yeah, go." They're like, "Well, yeah. you're not married, and you don't have any kids, so." You know, and they were they they were talking about regret, and one of them was like, "Oh yeah, I wish I'd traveled more." Yeah. And uh, as a side note, I remember asking my my great uncle Lou if he had any regrets, and he said, "Yeah, I wish I'd been less of a racist." So <laughs> I always I always like oh. to tell that you know like he that that's amazing. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. Um, amazing. And, and uh, that's a guy I want to sit down and talk to. I mean, he's dead now, but um, well, yeah, but still. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was we we did follow up on that a little bit. So mm -hmm. I'd actually done this quite brave thing, right? Which is to, right. But wouldn't to, to you say that that's very vulnerable to move to a new place and like, yeah, yeah, walk away from the stability you had in a job and like show up? Like, there's a lot of. Uh, I think that's a very, very like. Well, I sort of vulnerable I think, place. I think it depends on how you define vulnerability, right? Mm. Because what I'm thinking is mm. I realized that I had something to offer, you know, like, so I can, I can do things and this is something I can do. And, you know, I, I have worked in corporate communications. I worked at a university, I worked in restaurants, but there's something there's something very, I know I said human, but it's it's very personal and it's very intimate. And and also the, the longer I do this work, um, mm. the more I see how empowering it is for for you know for all the people involved. And this is something that we we discuss yeah, a lot. I so um, I have my current organization, which is called uh, Supporting Abortions for Everyone or or Safe. And we're a member of an initiative called Abortion Without Borders, which is now nine organizations in five countries, largely helping people from Poland, uh, which has one of the worst abortion laws um, in, uh, well, definitely one of the worst in Europe. Um, but uh, one of the things that we talk about internally is how how it's important for us to do this work as an act of solidarity rather than an act of saviorism. Yeah. Yeah. And how, you know, the majority of, 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 of what's done is, is helping people self-manage their own abortions with pills, right? Because they're living in yeah. a country where abortion is against the law, but Kalu Kale, uh, for, for Blue Julius Day, or however Lewis Carroll wrote it, um, in Poland, it is not illegal to do your own abortion. So oh, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's illegal to help somebody get yes. an abortion. So if I hand you the pills, I can get arrested. Or if I drive you to the clinic yeah. in another yeah. country, I can get arrested. Yeah. But you having an abortion, that's totally fine. Um, but it's like, it's it's about how we're not, a lot of the people who we deal with, a lot of the countries that I've done this work in in Europe have been you know, Malta, Ireland, Poland, like, hello, patriarchy, hello, Catholicism, hello, mm -hmm. infantilizing mm -hmm. of, of, of women. And so we want to make sure that we are giving the people who contact us the knowledge and the power to make mm -hmm. their own choices, not having them make the choices that we think they should make right? Not mm -hmm. putting us up in the same place as their fathers or their priests or their husbands or, or yeah, whoever, totally. whoever, whoever else. And it's, and it's such a line, right? It's such a line. It's like, okay, well, if you have somebody traveling from another country to another country, how much assistance do you give them? You know, like, what if they've never traveled? Well, you know what? My grandparents never traveled when they went from Russia <laughs> to America during the pogroms but you know what they didn't have were smartphones you know so it's it's like it's this it's this you know how it's like you want to give people whatever help they they need but you also want to push back a little bit so that people can learn 
how little help they need. Yes. Yes. If that, and it's so hard to walk that, to walk that line. And of course, if somebody is. is, if somebody has a learning disability or a physical disability, or if somebody's a minor or, you know, like there's, there's all sorts of mitigating, mitigating factors, but generally speaking, people are super surprised at how resilient they are and how yes. capable they are of exercising yes. their own choices and their own and their own destinies and also the fact that like sometimes when people will contact an abortion fund they basically and I don't know if you have this with aftercare they will launch into this three-hour explanation of why they chose an abortion right, and how right. they never would yes. and it's like what we're like yes. whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need to know all that we don't we literally <laughs> don't care like rich yes. women don't have to explain you don't have to explain whatever yes. your reason is it's valid um, totally and that also we see we see how almost instantly that empowers people yeah but also yeah. sometimes we see how like when you live in a country where there's no abortion or a state or whatever and when you find out you're pregnant and you know you don't want to continue the pregnancy and then suddenly you have to think about your passport and your driver's license and the cost of petrol and child care and 72 hour waiting limits uh, waiting times and and everything else like sometimes you don't have a minute to actually while you know you want the abortion sometimes you don't have a minute to think about the fact that you're having an abortion until you're like in the stirrups <laughs> right yes. or, or or after or, or after yeah and also what a lot of people forget is that those pregnancy hormones stick around for a long time after you have that abortion, which is why you very often will take a, a positive pregnancy test or what is it like up to two yeah. months after. Yeah. And um, you've had kids. I've had a kid. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but the hormone, <laughs> not only the hormones, but like the night sweats and the, you know, and if, and if you're further along in pregnancy, your milk might come in and you know, you're, you're a complete, hormonal and I think you and I are also going through some other hormonal changes right now <laughs> sure. and, and so when people talk about like post-abortion stress disorder it's like well even even if you're a hundred percent okay with your abortion in the weeks following your abortion your hormones are doing cartwheels um on your on your emotional state and also every feeling is valid you don't have to be like I 100% wanted this abortion. You could be like, I 51% wanted this abortion. <laughs> exactly. The other 49% is really kicking my butt. That actually reminds me of a different note I took when you were talking earlier. Um, uh, too many notes. <laughs> because I want to okay. come back to the post-abortion stress disorder. <laughs> um, but it reminds me of a different point where you said um in your own experience you had not a lot of choices and um God, shit I just distracted myself but like a lot of times when we're moving through an abortion it is that it's like yes it is our body and our choice but like there's also not a lot of choices in the sense that like you're just getting through you're like mm. you're just doing what you got to do to get through and sometimes it's not until after that you like look back and process what the fuck just happened. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, shoot, I can't remember what you said, but that led me there exactly because now I do want to come back to, do, do people still use this diagnosis post-abortion stress disorder? Is that a thing Anti people are anti-abortion people do? Yeah, that's it. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that was my understanding. And then you used it in this way that I was like, is that, that's not a thing. People are. Oh no. I like to talk <laughs> right? about pre-abortion stress disorder, which is when you need an abortion and then you find out how much it costs. <sighs> yeah. 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 No, it's, um, man, they, they have, they have lots of, they have lots of tricks. These yeah. anti-abortion people. Yeah. And, um, they, they think they're so clever in every country I've started like, you know, we, we, you go into one country and then you go into another country and they're like, our anti-abortion people are the worst. It's like, no, no. <laughs> they all, because they all have the same playbook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My very favorite though, are the Christmas adverts saying, don't put Santa out of a job. They, they really do. They really say oh, that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you abort all the children, then then Santa's gonna be unemployed. Poor Santa. Oh my God. Uh, yesterday, I was in one of those places where I think I texted like three different friends. I was like, oh my God, people are just so peopley. <laughs> Why do they have to be so peopley? <laughs> that is the time I would have said that yesterday is the Santa comment. Oh my yeah. God. Anyway, um, okay, I feel like we're weaving and wobbling and like just, which is fine. It's totally fine to just like kind of wander around the conversation. Um, but is there a place you want to go right now or can I, can I ask a different question? You can ask a different question. Okay. When I invited you on, um, and we do not have the time to get into this, but I think we can at least just address it. And we, do, we don't have to leave it with an answer because that is what, to me, that's what this work is. It's not like finding answers. It's just opening questions and kind of understanding how complex and messy everything is. Um, but when I invited you on, um, I was kind of acknowledging this place within any social justice work, any like work where your, you know, your heart and your passion is is wanting to make the world a easier place for more people. Um, and sometimes when you're in, I find myself like, I think it was your post being like, I'm posting about abortion, but my heart is in Palestine, right? Like, my there was thoughts an image are that there said, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was just this acknowledgement of being in this work and how do you manage? And maybe I wanted to invite you on because I'm always working through this myself is like, how do we manage that pull that wants to be, well, it A is in so many different places at once, but like, we literally are human with human restrictions and human, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, we can't do it all. We can't no. do it all. So as someone who cares about people, all these issues matter and all these things are important. All these things are hard and devastating and there are places we can go within them to make a difference. How do you take care of yourself um, and keep doing the work that you've decided to do when so much other shit is happening, whether it's in Gaza or, you know, or the United States or anywhere in the world, right? Like, it's fucking messy out there. How do we? It's very, <laughs> it's very messy. And also, it's been relentless. It's, it really has. But I don't yeah. think that's going to lessen up. I think nope, it's going it's to be gonna... relentless for a while. So, yeah. And, and also, if you look at it, like at the minute, everything is about Palestine. Like every one of my social media feeds is filled with images of Palestine. Yeah. And as a, as, okay, it's not about me, <laughs> but as a Jewish person, I've also seen how few people, even people in my life, are finding <laughs> the line between like, Netanyahu is a fascist, which he is, you know, and um, and Israel should not be bombing uh, Gaza, which they should not, and anti-Semitism, right? Like Israel right. is not all yeah. Jews. Netanyahu is not all Jews. The Israeli Defense Forces is not all Jews, and um, and also like Hamas. Should not have attacked a nightclub. Do you know what I mean? It's it's. I'm I'm not saying. I know. Israel, yeah, Israel's it's response is so intense. Ott. <laughs> you know, don't get me don't get me wrong. And like Israel is a hundred percent practicing an ethnic cleansing. And this is a and and also so much of the rhetoric out there is not factual and. Yeah. it's 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 also but i also it's, it's, think that's in the continued atrocity we're going to keep seeing yes um this is a real thing we're going to be exposed thing. to more and more information that is not accurate that is missing details that is inflating facts that is right so but a piece of it is the reality that we're facing 
moving forward. But also we're going to see it. We're going to see the next big thing. So just in the time, just in the last few years, right? Um, we started abortion without borders and then the world closed for COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so we were getting people across borders when there were no borders open and yeah. then Ukraine happened and suddenly everybody was talking about Ukraine. Now, while they were all, well, everybody suddenly wanted to bend over backwards. So we had funders approach us wanting to help fund abortions for Ukrainian refugees in Poland who didn't give a shit about Polish women in Poland, right? But the Ukrainians, and especially the raped Ukrainians, and were they perhaps raped by Russian soldiers? And I'm a journalist, and could I talk to an extra raped Ukrainian whose husband was in the army, and that's why she got extra Like, just no, because, like, we don't, again... There's not a good abortion. There's not a bad abortion. Your reason for having an abortion isn't any better or worse than somebody else's. We're not going to play. We're not going to play this this good abortion, bad abortion game the way so many big NGOs do, you know. Um, and so we saw all of that. But now we still work with Ukraine, right? We still work with people from Ukraine who need abortions. Ukraine has legal abortion. Poland does not. And all those NGOs now have no money anymore because all the money's now going to Palestine. And when Ukraine started, let's talk about the refugees that are still mm. four years later on the border of Poland and Belarus from Syria and Afghanistan who are dying, right? And if they get caught, the treatment of them is much worse than the treatment of refugees from Ukraine. I'm sorry, white refugees from Ukraine and and so that's that's also why a little bit of me rolls my eyes at all of this outpouring about Palestine because I know I know that it's going to be a matter of time before there is an earthquake yeah or yeah. uh like something else happens and then everybody jumps and as somebody who's just started a new charity and who's and who ran a charity for 14 years and you 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 look at this like this uh this this whimsicalness mm. of people and organizations it's a good word power yeah. to enact real change yeah but who want the hot thing you know it's it's um did you watch the west wing I did, yeah. At the end of the West Wing, when that tech billionaire offers CJ Craig like a gazillion dollars to do whatever she wants to make the world a better place, and she's like, build roads in Africa. Totally not sexy. But how many funders are gonna be like <laughs> yeah. I will and and so not to not to bring it back to me again, but our the new charity supporting abortions for everyone, we're not helping people get abortions. We're helping the grassroots activists who are helping people get abortions. Mm -hmm. So they're doing that work and we're going to do all the boring infrastructure work that is needed to keep to this work possible. sustainable. Yeah. And that includes the thing that you were talking about. How do we keep ourselves safe when it's so completely relentless? And every time we turn around, you know, I live in the United Kingdom where our biggest export is transphobia, Right. So we have like trans teenagers getting murdered. We have, mm. um, we have um, during lockdown, we had the, the police, I think we had a, a woman go missing. A cop did it, of course, right? And like, and all these sorts of, so we have these sort of small things that happen, you know, um, the Independent today, which is a, a real newspaper, right? Actually reported a study that, lesbians exist because men find it attractive like it's are, like are you no I know I know oh <laughs> podcast listeners can't see my face <laughs> <laughs> I'm like hmm you know so we have all these little yeah. these little things right and then yeah. there's these big humongous things and so the way the way I keep myself sane yeah. is is with, first of all, there's the serenity prayer. And then there's the Angela Davis version of the serenity prayer, which is like, uh, 
God grant me the strength to, you know, make a change. But it's also like, I can make a change here. Yeah. Here is the place I can make a change. What am I really, really good at? Helping people in Europe get abortions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What am I really, really good at? Knowing how to do that. What can I do? I can help other people be really good at, at knowing how to do that. I can make sure that the overworked, underpaid activists who are doing the work um, are have more of the knowledge that they need and that they can pass on that knowledge more easily so that more people are able to do the work so that it's, you know, many hands making, making light work. Um, we also... With our organization, we've we've done something called community care. So first of all, we're having quarterly uh, workshops with people who are client facing to talk about like the feelings that come up when you're doing this work and how to sort of like um, hold those without, yeah. you know, yeah. without without drowning. And also, Something that that we're trying to be really clear about is that everybody talks about self-care and we're not going to talk about self-care, not because we don't like massages and bubble baths, but because we are in a community of people doing this work. And a lot of people with um, mental health issues who are um, neuroatypical, like are really good at this work. They're drawn to this work and they're really good at this work. And that's really good. And we want to be welcoming and um, and we, we make as many accommodations as we can so that we can have a group of people doing this work who are representative of the people who we're helping. But at the same time, doing this work is a privilege and not a right. Mm. And if doing this work is so upsetting to an individual that they need to pull on the the resources of yeah. the other people doing this work. Yeah. Then this isn't the right work for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you can't do a shift on the helpline without needing to trauma dump, you know, 30 pages of WhatsApp messages into the group chat, that's so that's not community care, you know? And if yeah. you're constantly talking about how stressed out and busy you are, then the other people on the team with you are going to feel this extra pressure to take care of you. But actually, we need to take care of each other. And don't get me wrong, we all have weeks or months when we need to yeah. take a step back. Isn't that right? one of those loops, though, where like mm -hmm. that person who can't do the work without dumping it uh, does need self-care, not the bubble bath kind, but the like self-reflection, self-awareness, figure this shit out myself care. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> So that and they can show up in a community and do community care. So, it, you know, yes. it's, it's like. Well, so I don't think it's, it's just, a loop. I think it's a process. Yeah, right. And yeah. you, you don't, you don't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about. If you need therapy, get therapy, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we can, we can signpost, you know, and we can give you online resources and things, but the people who are doing this work, need their spoons to do the work mm -hmm. sorry now my thing is uh i can't hear any of it oh, okay fine as long as you can't as, as no. long as you can't hear the the ding so i no. don't have the i don't have the magic the magic answer but um another thing that we really try and do is celebrate what we have done yes totally. and also grieve yeah. what we haven't you have to have the morning as well. Um, and it can be really. And also, like, if you think, oh, my God, it's so bad and it's been so bad forever. But actually, yeah. look 50 years ago. Right. Instead of looking last year, look yeah. 50 years ago. Yep. So, yeah. OK. In America, 50 years ago, you had you had Roe for one year. But you also had abortion funds. You had the Jane Collective. You had um, you had a, a network of clergy who were helping American women get illegal abortions. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what you and and now and now what you have is you have abortion pills. So it's not a coat hanger anymore. It's not you know there's not going to be back um, alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the back street isn't always dangerous, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, shift your perspective was, you know, big. The question I just wrote down coming back to this, like, um, let me read the question. It mm -hmm. was, what's, so when I'm doing this work, when I'm doing any work and the world is a shit show and I feel myself pulled in many directions, there's like a, lots of different ways we could look at this, but what's the widest circle I'm looking at? And what's the smallest center I can come back to? So like if it's global abortion work, the smallest center I can come back to is my community of people who I am helping and can help. And that is really healing to come back to that. Like, okay, what am I good at? These are the people I can help right now, even if I can't help the people out in this wider circle, right? And then and then on the other way is like if it's if a listener the widest circle they're looking at is their struggling family right now. The smallest circle you can come back to might just be taking care of your own breath and your own rest and your own giving your actual self a hug. Giving yourself like literally a hug. giving yourself a hug. Exactly. So yeah. no matter the scale you're working on, I think that's like a useful way to look at it is like, what is this big wide thing I'm looking at? That's true and real and all matters. And what's the smallest thing I can come back to within that? Yeah. But different things work for different people also. Yeah. And this, it's also, it's not always your turn. Mm, good one. Right? So this one around during COVID also, but like think of a choir. Sometimes some people got to take a breath. And the other people keep on singing. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay if it's your turn to take a breath. Yeah. And it's okay if you can't even think about when it's not your turn to take a breath. Right. And this is, and this is where we, we trap ourselves. Right. And, and I get this all the time. Like um, we started a year ago and eventually we will have funding, but we're only going to be based in Europe. And I'm already getting lots of messages from people in global majority countries who are like, when can we get your money? And I'm like, we're only focused on Europe. And they're like, well, yes, but we have needs in Liberia. We have needs in Nairobi. I'm like, yes, you do. You absolutely do. But I actually can't do all the things. Yeah. Um, and we're an EU group and we're going to fund groups in the EU to do EU work. And that's not because I hate <laughs> it's not because I hate the global, you know, global majority countries. Yeah. It's because that's, that's my lane. And then sometimes right, that's will, you coming and, back to your small circle. No, and, like it's like, yeah. And I have a lot of yeah. solidarity with other, with other fights, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a very intersectional person. And so LGBTQIA rights and sex workers rights and um, migrants rights and the rights of people of color. Um, <laughs> fun fact in England, I'm not considered white because I'm Jewish. Oh, I'm considered an ethnic minority. I'm white other. Humans. People can humans. be so people. So humans. <laughs> yeah, people can be so people sometimes. But it's like, but I can't actually do all the things. You yeah. know, I can't, I can't do mm -hmm. all the things. Um, I can do this thing that I'm, that I'm good at. And, um, you know, when, when the groups in global majority countries contact me, I actually have a list of trusts and foundations. When I researched all the trusts and foundations we could apply to and the ones who are like, we only fund the global, you know, so I, I send those on, but like, I can't do all the things. Somebody wanted me to like get super, super involved with a, some kind of anti-pornography campaign. And I just, I'm I'm the abortion lady and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stick to the abortions. And yeah. yeah. When I don't have the capacity to stick to the abortions, um that's okay. That's okay too. Like sometimes I just need to focus on, as you say, you know, family or yeah. um Yeah. But you you Yeah, it's I don't know, maybe I'm just in denial. Um, we're all in, in terms of how well I'm able to compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's been a fascinating conversation. We touched on a lot of interesting things. And to me, that's what matters. It's just like, let's just show up and talk about it.
see where it lands for people, what piece they want to take away. Um, I really appreciate you for coming on, for doing the work that you're doing. Well, I appreciate you for reaching out. It was so when you first, yeah. it was a couple of years ago when you first reached out to me, not to do the show, but just you started following me. Yeah. And, um, no, it was, it was, it was because you didn't just follow you. Like you sent a note and that, that, that's like, that's really, um, I'm trying to think of a word that doesn't, because I, I don't want it to sound fraternal. Yeah. You know, I was going to say sweet. Do, mm. do you know what I mean? Or like, I try and remember that like these are actual connections Mm. right it's like this especially when you're working online people all over the world it's like these are real humans like let's make a touch point connection that yeah (laughs) create some kind of anchor to like we're doing this human thing together yeah yeah I appreciate it so thank you all right well um do you have a place if people want to learn more about you and and what you do and all these layers that would be a a first go-to place for people to find more of your work um well the new organization well not new we just turned one uh, has a website uh supporting abortions plural dot eu as it should be supporting abortions (laughs) dot eu yeah uh and i am on instagram uh and um yeah that that's probably the two Perfect. The two best places. Good. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you for your time. This was this was not what I expected, but it was very nice. Yeah. I go in with no expectations and let it unfold. <laughs> yeah. No. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a great way to be. All right. Well, thank you, and um, I'll see you in the interwebs. Unless right. I come to London and accept the um the award the pink in the dress pink award. dress that my class yes. dreamed up so maybe maybe we talked about that before we hit record so yeah I think I think I w- it's funny I was just going to mention no if you I will I will buy you a pink cocktail to match your pink dress oh and I'm just like gonna live in this dream for a little while thank you sounds good to I me. look forward to the cocktail all right <laughs> bye-bye take care bye Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.